The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson, and I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor. Hi, and I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 22-year survivor. We're the co-founders of Breast Friends, and we have a great program lined up. Today, we're talking about self-esteem and how um, a cancer diagnosis and treatment can affect us. We have a really special guest today, and I'm so excited. We just had a few minutes to spend with her before the show, and her name is Susan Reeve. And Susan is the co-creator of Self-Esteem Experts, author of the best-selling The Inspired Life, Unleashing Your Mind's Capacity for Joy. Love that topic. And she also has a new book, The Wholehearted Life, Big Changes and Greater Happiness Week by Week. Please welcome Susan Reeve. Hey, Sharon and Becky. It's so great to be here with you today. Well, we're we're excited excited. to have you. Now, you're calling us from New York, right? I am. I'm right in the middle of Manhattan. And uh, I hope you don't hear it right now, but there's either a fire engine or ambulance going by right at this moment. (laughs) Well, that's New York for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you live right near a hospital, so, you know, it's likely to happen, but it's pretty quiet in the background, so I think we'll do just fine. So, Susan, we're really excited about this topic. You know, Sharon and I really um, grasp this concept very well. I don't know how many of our listeners are aware, but we have a program at the women's prison here in Oregon, And what we do is we go in and teach a self-esteem class every week, I mean, every month. And part of the reason for that is because, you know, one of our missions is to help women understand what a cancer, you know, what it's like to support somebody who's going through a cancer diagnosis or some other tough situation. And in the prison, they can't reach out to their friends and family when something doesn't go right. They are their friends and family. But you have to have really good self-esteem and feel good about yourself before you can give to others. So we really understand this concept. I think it's going to be a wonderful topic today. And um, But let's start by having you, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you, how you got into this, all of that. Sure. I, I want to start by saying that the videos on your website are really terrific, and oh, you're thanks. working with the prison population really opened my eyes to something that I really never thought about, yeah. women and breast cancer in a prison system. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. My story is, in terms of self-esteem, is as a teen, around 14 years old, I wrote in my journal. I'd been a journal writer since I'd been given that first journal with a little key. 
I wrote, what would the world be like if everybody loved themselves? And I'm sure at that time I was in the midst of, oh, I'm too fat, and I can tell you I was not fat at all, uh, but very concerned with how I looked. And I imagine that some boy hadn't called me, and so I was in the throes (laughs) of distress. And I had forgotten that I had written that until about 15 years ago. I was going through these old journals and saw that and thought, isn't this interesting? These were my marching orders for my life. Little did I know that at the time. But in graduate school, I wrote my master's thesis about Mm self-esteem and all of my work, my consulting work, the coaching work that I do, and the writing that I do, all has a foundation of our relationship with ourselves is the foundation of all the relationships in our lives. And really, it's a muscle, this self-esteem muscle that has to be nourished oh, on a daily like basis. Yeah, and You're right, you're right, because it's uh, one little thing can, you know, somebody not paying attention to you that you respect or like, and all of a sudden you think, oh, what did I do wrong? It's so interesting how just... It could be one little tiny thing like that that can start a spiral, too. And, you know, Susan, I I have to say I'm impressed with your wisdom at such a young age for you to think of that (laughs) question because, I mean, you know, people don't really. (laughs) So that, And I really liked it when I was reading your bio and your background. I loved that question because it would be, the world would be so much different if everyone did love themselves. Yeah, the world and our individual lives would be so different. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the, for five years, a number of years ago, I led a group at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York, which is a very large medical center and has a breast health program. And I led a program there for women in the midst of treatment for breast cancer. And what came up over and over and over again is people's relationships with themselves and certainly the impact of a cancer diagnosis. Looking before that, what was their relationship with themselves? Mm-hmm. And often the cancer diagnosis was this wake-up call to look at their whole lives, including how they feel about themselves. Yes. Oh, and it's so I, true. <laughs> I, I just want to mention one more thing, which I had mentioned to you, which is so ironic for me about being interviewed and having this conversation with you today is that I had a mammogram on Monday. I got the results on Wednesday. My doctor called me and said there was some uncertainty in the results Mm -hmm. and to come in for an ultrasound and a compression mammogram, which I'm scheduled for right after this interview. (laughs) Yeah. That's a well, lot. That's a lot. So, well, you know, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with you that you don't join uh, the club officially. Um, but at the same time, we're certainly here for you if, if that does happen. So, Thank you so very, so you very can, much. You're going to have really to let us know. That. Yeah. You, would yeah. you please let us know after just send us an email or text or sure, something and let us absolutely. know how things go? Okay. Yeah, and you know, that. honestly, just Susan, just to kind of let you know, and for anyone out there who's contemplating something like this, 85% of all lumps and bumps are pretty much benign. They're cysts or they're some kind of lipoma or something, which is harmless. But, you know, don't, 
don't let something sit just because you're worried and you don't want to hear the news because that doesn't make it go away. Right. So um, take take care of it. So we're really glad that you found whatever this is and you are doing a follow-up on it. So good for you. Yay. Thanks. It's it's interesting, Susan, that you would have such wisdom, like Becky said, um, at such a young age. But you know what I found is when I became a life coach, uh, self-esteem was just such a big, I don't know, missing piece for so many women, um, and especially young women. And that's why our work at the prison is is pretty interesting because, you know, a lot of those women may not be in that situation had they had better self-esteem, better boundaries, better uh, tools to enable them to say no when it was appropriate. And um, And so I find that my self-esteem as I, as Becky and I teach this class and talk more and more about self-esteem, my self-esteem improves. Did you find that as well? Absolutely. I have, it's been about eight years now, a dear friend of mine, Joan Briner, and I created selfesteemexperts.com. And one of the things that I, that I love about talking about self-esteem is that it keeps me focused on it. It has me checking in with myself to see, are my thoughts, are my words, are my actions supporting and nourishing a loving, healthy relationship with myself? Or Mm -hmm. are my thoughts, words, and actions really detracting from a loving relationship with myself? So I feel that while those were my marching or orders over 50 years ago, that it wasn't just about my work in the world, but it was really about what I need to focus on in my relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I find it so fascinating because every month when we go into the prison and we talk about a particular topic, it's like I walk away going, hmm, I need yeah. to think about that. I need to learn <laughs> more about that. I need to you know, make sure that I'm using these same tools that I'm speaking out loud that are intellectual, perhaps, and take them more to heart in my own life? Or how can I use this in my life in a different way? And, um, you know, it seems like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I find that with self-esteem as well as um, other things, other many, many, many other topics. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So tell us a little bit more about um, self-esteem experts. Yes, Self-Esteem Experts is a website that is filled with an enormous amount of information about how self-esteem is formed, and that's, it's really formed when we're quite young, when we start, you know, inhaling, when we start digesting the information in the world, whether it's our parents either saying, you know, good job, or we hear criticism. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people who have not experienced traumatic situations in their life, but kind of have some mortal wounds from a parent saying, why aren't you like your sister? Why Mm -hmm. isn't your grade as good as your brother's grade? Right. And taking that to heart and then forming beliefs about themselves 
very early on, and our beliefs are the lenses, our beliefs are the filters through which we experience the world. And so if we've been in a horrific situation, if if we feel victimized by a circumstance, we then generalize that, that that means something about us. And Mm -hmm. it's extremely painful to go through life feeling that we're not enough, that our skills, our talents, our gifts are not of value. And I Mm -hmm. think this is something that's so true of women, often thinking that if I can do something, well, kind of any jerk can do it. Right, right, right. And so in Self-Esteem Experts, we have a lesson plan that you can follow. We have a self-esteem quiz. And we have worksheets that you can use. Our material is now being used throughout the world, in schools, in prisons, through counseling centers. And, of course, individuals are using it to strengthen that I love me muscle, that I like me muscle. And it's a really valuable resource. And during the five years that I led the uh, breast health group at Mount Sinai, it was we were constantly going back to how we feel about ourselves. And again, right. some of it was certainly related to the breast cancer diagnosis and mm-hmm. the, the bodily changes associated with that, what it would mean about being feeling like a woman if someone had had a mastectomy and not a reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And but those feelings about ourselves really start when we're very very young. Yeah, I love that you use the word muscle because you know when you think about muscles, if you use them, they improve. And if you're using the self esteem muscle, you're paying attention to it. You're giving it some some credit and some you know it's, you know just attention. It's going and to you can and you can stretch that muscle. You can yeah. work that muscle, and it improves. It gets stronger. I, yeah, and I really like that. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you're never going to be angry again, or you're never going to feel hurt again. Oh darn! Or or you're <laughs> never going to, you know, feel some resentment towards a particular person, towards yourself, towards a situation. But what it means is that as soon as you notice that you have fallen down the rabbit hole of distress, that you acknowledge that and that you make a new choice. And sometimes the new choice is as the choice I made when I, you know, got after I got off the phone with my physician and realized, uh uh-oh, now there's something that I need a further test. I called up a friend who I trusted, I said I felt scared, I was unsure, and by the end of the conversation, I was giggling. Oh, good. (laughs) Love that. Well, you have a breast friend then, obviously. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know one of the tools that I use is, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, I do my best to follow my own advice. And sometimes <laughs> following yeah. my own advice means reaching out to others. Yeah, Very good. Very good. I know one of the things that I use for myself and I try to get um, others to use is when they've said something out loud or even if they've just had a thought to say, is that really true? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because because really, many times we'll say, "Oh, I'm such a stupid," or you know, we 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 condemn ourselves for whatever, right? And um and and is that really true? And in most cases, you can say, "No, that's not true. I don't always do this," or you know, "That's not my normal habit," or "I'm not really." Uh, intellectually inept, I just made a mistake, <laughs> right? Yeah, and when we think of the word mistake, we can think of it as a mistake. It was a mistake. I get to have a new thought about this. I right. get to oh, take like a new that. action in relationship to this. Yes, you know, and absolutely. I'm stuck with, you know, before I called my friend the other day, I thought, well, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. And then I thought, what am I keeping this a secret for? I'm going to call someone who I know loves me, will not get into, well, why do you think this is happening? You know, have you had a mammogram every year? Who won't approach it from that point of view, but will embrace me and give me the opportunity to express what's true for me at that moment. And in the expression of that, it is a new moment. I mm-hmm. get to have a new point of view. Yes, absolutely. That is such a great way to look at things. Mm-hmm. It is. Because sometimes we do make a mistake and we just wallow in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do get do-overs in life, you know. <laughs> so that's yes. really great. We only have a couple minutes left in this particular segment. So, um, Sharon, was there, I think there was a question that, that we wanted to ask her about regarding um, self-esteem and our bodies. And I don't know if we're going to have time to get through that completely until we, but we'll, oh, we'll pick it up on the other yeah, side. So That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so I know our bodies are obviously uh, a, a huge mirror uh, to our self-esteem many times. Um, and do you have a, a parting remark on that before we go to break? Yeah, when you take a shower, when you take a bath, when you're rubbing that washcloth or your soapy hand over your body or you're putting cream on your body, you say, feet, I love you. Thank you for supporting me and getting me from here to there. Legs, I I love you. Body, I love you. Breasts, I love you. Hair, I love you. Head, I love you. Bald head, I love you. (laughs) Really take the time to acknowledge the gifts that we have that our bodies represent. That's great. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Yeah. Well, we want to, we are going to go out to break here in just a minute, but we wanted to, to let people know, please call in if you have any questions that you'd like to ask Susan about self-esteem or, you know, maybe look for some advice or share a story with us. Our number to call in is 866-472-5792. And we will keep Susan on with us th- for the duration and we will be back to visit with you in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. look at today's health voice america health and wellness every day you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field one day you hear one thing and the next day you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before how do you know what's right 
Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about self-esteem with our guest, Susan Reeve. Um, Susan, before we went on the break, you really gave us a great exercise, and I appreciate that so much. Let's just take a minute and talk about the impact of a breast cancer um, diagnosis and treatment on a person's self-esteem. Yeah, it's it is enormous, you know, and particularly for women. We're so concerned with how we look and are measuring ourselves up against uh, celebrities, against models, and against friends. And mm-hmm. then we get this diagnosis, and who am I going to be if I don't have hair? Right. What's going to happen if, if I have a breast removed? Mm-hmm. What's that going to do not only you know, to my chest, but am I going to be able to lift my arm? Am I going to be able to hold my child? My, my stepdaughter was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 36 years old. Oh, my. And her youngest child was a year and a half at the time. She had a double mastectomy, very, very short time after the diagnosis, and she wasn't able to lift anything right. for a while. And, a, well, and, a, and an 18-month-old is not going <laughs> to understand that. <laughs> exactly. So what that impacted was not only her concerns about her body, and she did have a reconstruction right away, but her concerns about her self-esteem as it relates to being a mother. Right, right. And so there are so many ways that we're so good at judging our bodies. And now someone is faced with a diagnosis that is going to leave scars on their body. What does that mean for a woman, for a single woman who's interested in a relationship? Is that going to hold someone back from the... You know, the joy that there can be in sharing 
a physical relationship, a sexual relationship with someone. Someone who's in a relationship, how is changes in our body, particularly our breasts, so close to our hearts, how is that going to impact the physical relationship that we have with, with people? And I think another big aspect of self-esteem, and, and my stepdaughter was so vocal in this. Initially, she said, I don't want the first thing that people, when people hear my name, to think, oh, she had breast cancer. She didn't right. want that to become her identity. Yes, it was an experience she had and moved through and is very, very healthy now. Um, but that suddenly became her major identity, mm-hmm. and it was very disconcerting. What mm-hmm. would people think about her? Would people now feel sorry for her? And if people feel sorry for her and we feel victim to that situation, feeling like a victim diminishes, takes away from good feeling feelings that we have about ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I actually and that have to so many at Breast Friends. We've had actually two page patients that have allowed their self esteem, their view of their self worth, to affect their decisions on even having treatment. Um, one of which um, she was an actress and, you know, very, her looks and, uh, and uh, including her breasts were a huge part of her sexuality, her, her view of herself. And she could not imagine losing her breasts or going bald, even for a temporary time. And she literally chose not to do treatment. So, so self-esteem goes so deep. It can make, you know, uh, it, it can have a bearing on even life-altering decisions. Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to share an experience that I had with my stepdaughter. I, I happened to be in San Francisco the day she got the diagnosis and went with her to a doctor the next day, and she was going to... I, I think that she had a lumpectomy within a few days, And the night before, we did a visualization technique, and I said to her, what is it? You know, something's going to be cut out of your body right now. So, you know, what is it that has you not love yourself, not value yourself, that you would like to have cut out with this as well? Oh, Oh, interesting. I love that. It's been interesting over the past 10 years, not as much recently, but over the past 10 years, there have been times when anxiety has, you know, something has occurred in her life and she's felt anxious about it. And and I'll remind her, I'll say, remember, that was cut out all those years ago. (laughs) And I'll bring her back to the present moment. Mm -hmm. And again, this isn't about, I'm never going to be anxious again. I'm never going to be fearful again. And yeah. It's when we notice that fear, anxiety, and worry are surfacing, that gives us an opportunity to make a new choice in the moment. And again, sometimes the choice is, I can very clearly have a new thought. Like someone asked me this morning how I felt about going for the uh, ultrasound today, and I said, I'm, I've been saying to my breasts, 
you girls are safe with me. <laughs> sometimes that's easy to say, and other times it's we really need a hug, whether it's that physical hug or it's that cyber hug where we feel safe to be vulnerable to express our fears and our uncertainty because the only way we can move away from whatever we're feeling is to acknowledge that that's where we are. Yeah, that's so true. And I think the language that we use around self-esteem, around, um, you know, positive or negative uh, feelings about things can have so much effect on us as well. And many times that language is just a habit. Um, just about everything we do is a habit, and that means we can change it. So listening to the type of words that you're using when you're condemning yourself or, you know, doing these things, and, and then so between asking it, is is it true, but then ask also, how can I rephrase that so it is a more positive statement? Uh, so language is very, very important. I had a wonderful, wonderful teacher, a man by the name of Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote a book called The Four Agreements, and I studied with him for a number of years, and during the time I was studying with him, there was a, there was a particular morning that I had gotten up, I had bed hair, I looked in the mirror <laughs> as I was brushing my teeth, and as I was brushing my teeth, looking in the mirror, this is what I heard in my head. You look so ugly. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, I had been recently divorced. No one is ever going to love you again. Oh, dear. And I woke up, given some of the work I'd been doing with Don Miguel, I woke up to that language and I thought, this is domestic violence. We understand what domestic violence is in terms of someone outside of us being the perpetrator. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the violence that we do to ourselves in our thoughts? And I think in terms of a cancer diagnosis, certainly in terms of a breast cancer diagnosis, if you've been somebody who's been battering your body in your thoughts and in your actions much of your life, as so many of us have on automatic, that it's so easy, these thoughts are so common to us that we don't realize that every cell of our body hears these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that as soon as we notice them, rather than judging ourselves and criticizing ourselves for noticing these negative thoughts, celebrate ourselves for being awake to them and making a new choice. Exactly. That is so powerful. Absolutely. So why don't you share with us some other self-esteem building techniques that you um like to use because obviously I think all women can improve their self-esteem so we can all learn from these tips. Yeah, and I'm going to say them in no particular order, just in the order that they pop into my mind. No problem. uh, Because it's really a circle. It isn't a linear process. Mm -hmm. You know, there is journal writing. So some of us don't are uncomfortable reaching out to others and sharing our greatest fears, what we're most vulnerable about, as well as sharing our successes. We're uncomfortable with that as well. So using a journal as a place where you allow yourself to just let out whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to talking with others. So, and that's why I think Breast Friends, what a fabulous title 
for an organization <laughs> to reach out to others, others who have traveled this path before you, mm-hmm. others who you trust, and those people who you know, who you can say, I don't want advice, I'd simply like to vent, or mm-hmm. all I need right now is a hug. And part of this is about setting healthy boundaries. And one, women have a really difficult time say, saying no. And <laughs> I was talking with someone recently who was upset because a good friend of his is, uh, is going through cancer treatment right now, and she doesn't want to have contact with, ever, with anybody. Mm. I had a friend years ago who got a breast cancer diagnosis, and I said to her, I'm going to be in touch with you regularly. And she said, you know, that's not necessary because I don't want to respond. I just want to focus on the treatment that I'm getting, which was uh, allopathic protocols as well as complementary treatments. She said, there's just a very, very small circle of people I want to be in touch with. And I said, that's absolutely fine. Whenever I get the urge, I'm going to, I'm going to send you notes. I'm going to send you cards. You don't have to get in touch with me at all. So setting a clear boundary and what that is for you, and we have different ways of moving through challenging times in our life, certainly a cancer diagnosis. It's also really crucial, I call it, we call it on self-esteem experts, a pleasure list. Make a list of the people, places, things, and activities that when you think about them bring you joy. So oh, just yeah. now as I'm saying that, <laughs> I'm salivating, thinking <laughs> of a chocolate ice cream cone. Especially coffee-flavored chocolate. Ooh. (laughs) When you find that you are falling down the rabbit hole of misery over and over and over again, and that rabbit hole is extremely seductive and, and for many of us has for a long time been our default place, look at that pleasure list. Post it on your refrigerator, on the, on your smartphone, on your, the, the, what's it called, the home screen of your computer, on the dashboard of, of your car, on your bathroom mirror, and focus on one of those things. Because what's fascinating about being a human is we can generate good-feeling feelings. As I'm salivating right now, I'm nowhere near chocolate ice cream. <laughs> right, and yet right, right. when we think about something in our minds, so when we're, when we're feeling lousy about ourselves, again, the starting point for me is always acknowledging what I'm feeling, acknowledging the sensation in my body and what are the thoughts that I'm having that that's about that sensation. And then focus on something on the pleasure list. And there are times that I have had to do this repeatedly in a 10-minute in a period over and over again because the pull of the drama, the pull of the fear has been a well-traveled pathway in my brain. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, we don't, I've, I've not heard of it as a pleasure list. I really like that. Um, one of the things that I find interesting too is if we kind of 
figure out up front what our talents are, what our strengths are. Those things come so easily, we sometimes take them for granted. But again, those are things that are generally easy for us, and they bring us joy. Yeah, and I have found that that oftentimes people are shy about admitting those. So you may remember, what was it called in in high school, uh, at the end of the year, people assign your autograph books. And what you might do, I have done this a number of times in my life. I've done it through email, not just books. I've been going through a hard time, and I've written to some close friends and family members and said, can you please tell me who I am? Tell me what my talents, my gifts, and my skills are, because I have fallen down a hole of misery, independent of what the circumstance is. Mm-hmm. And I have one of those books that I've kept by my bed for years. And, oh, nice. And every so often, you know, by every so often, I might mean every nine months, maybe once a year, I will pick it up and read what somebody has said about me, and yeah. it simply opens my heart. Becky, that That's reminds fabulous. me of that exercise that your husband did for his kid, for your for your kids. Yeah, um, writing those cool. sweet notes. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell tell okay. about that? Yeah, and then we'll go out to break after I after I share this. But this was a really good idea, and you know, talk about self esteem. What my husband did early on in our marriage, um, we have five children, and he went out and he bought journals for every you know for all the kids, for myself, and for himself actually too. And the idea of the journal is not to write in your own journal, but to write in each other's journals and tell them about something wonderful that they just did with the date. You know, today you you passed that math exam and it was really hard. And, you know, just whatever little positive stroke of encouragement. And we actually have these books. We've had them for years and they're sitting on our shelf. And the, the hope is that when the kids come home, that they'll pick it up and read it and just see what... And, and my husband is the one who's been really, really good about writing in them all the time. He always writes little love notes to them, congratulates them on some big accomplishment. But talk about self-esteem. I mean, if you, if the kids go through those, they're going to hear nothing but really positive things about themselves. So I, thank you, Sharon. I had, hadn't thought about bringing that up. But, you know, we can encourage each other in so many ways. Um, let me just go say one quote before we go out, because I loved this quote from Marie Osmond. I heard her on an interview one time. And I think as women, we need to be more supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. And what she said was, as women, it's time for us to stop competing with each other and start completing each other. Mm. Now, I don't know if she made that up, but she said it, so I'm going to give her credit for it. But it really resonated with me because I think that as women, we really do have the ability to lift each other up in those dark times and in those difficult times and even in normal times. So I really want to encourage people to do that. We are going to go out to break one more time and then we'll be back again. We'll continue this conversation. But in the meantime, please think about giving us a call at 866-472-5792 and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. 
We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. We're talking about self-esteem with our guest, Susan Reeves. Um, one of the things that you said really resonated, and that was setting those healthy boundaries. I love that, and that's something we talk a lot about when we t- do our self-esteem classes about no is a complete sentence, <laughs> and and I know we all like to... Um, you know, add our our uh, reasons, and that's perfectly fine. But the reality is, it is okay just to say no if we want to say no. And I have found that if it's something that you have difficulty with, and I'm someone who used to have a terrible time saying no, a real people pleaser, yes. is that start in situations where it's really simple. You know, start now. Uh, and that is, so you're in a restaurant, and and the wait person comes over to pour more water, and you don't want more water. Say no there. Okay. Someone yeah. offers you something. Say, say no. Just get the practice of doing it and then acknowledging yourself for doing that to strengthen that boundary-setting muscle. Absolutely. I find, I find it's handy to say no to the bread basket when they bring it yeah. by. <laughs> <laughs> It helps your gluten-free, too, dear. It, it does. Yeah, it does. But, boy, I'll tell you, you can really overdose on that. And everyone knows you shouldn't do it, but we do it anyway because it got we offered. Do. Yeah, we and we do that with do. a lot of things that get offered that way. 
So, yeah, so, no, I agree. So, That's a good one. So setting setting clear boundaries, I think, is really important. And you're right. Starting small, um, things that aren't so emotionally uh, charged. Um, and, again, uh, it's not that, that you don't want to ever do it. It might be something that just doesn't work out right now. And understanding that if you're not going to take care of yourself, who is, Right. Exactly. And we teach people how to take care of us by showing them how we take care of ourselves. If somebody offers help and we're constantly saying no, to, oh, no, I can do it myself because it's better to be independent, then they stop asking. Or if someone gives us a compliment, uh, oh, oh, you look really nice today. What a lovely blouse you're wearing. Oh, and then you point out where it has a stain on it. Right. You see someone... <laughs> That you really are that interested in compliments. Yeah, it, it's so true. And I, I hate the terms, um, you know, we teach people how to treat us, but it is really true. What other, what other techniques do you, do you use for self-esteem building, Susan? Well, there are two that pop into my mind. I'll say the, the easiest one first. The first one is being present and in the here and now. No matter what's going on, really acknowledging where we are now, because sometimes, like, I could easily start going down a trail of, oh, what's going to happen? Now I'm going to get this ultrasound today. What if, what if it's a diagnosis of cancer? And, and you know, go down that path. Or I yeah. could go down the path of, oh, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'll find out everything is fine today. If in the moment when I'm going down that scary rabbit hole, for a moment, I bring my attention to the present moment, and I do it by feeling the floor beneath my feet, by noticing what my body feels like meeting the chair beneath it, noticing the color of the sky, what I'm seeing in my environment, focusing on my breath. The present is our point of greatest power, and when I bring myself into the present moment, I see at this moment, at this second, all is well. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And the other one is about forgiving ourselves. We oh, hold yeah. on to so much resentment, particularly when faced with a breast cancer diagnosis. It's so easy to hold on to, oh, but I should have gone for a mammogram. Oh, but I wasn't doing a self-breast exam. Oh, I was eating too much sugar. Oh, I should have, I should have, I should have. Uh, yep. <laughs> And, so easy. You know, here's the thing. At every single moment, each one of us is doing the very, very best we can based on our programming, our beliefs, our thoughts, most of which are unconscious to us at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so we forgive ourselves for choices we made in the past so we can feast on the, pre- on the present, whatever time we have. To appreciate, just as Becky, you were saying, sometimes in the journals for your, for your kids, great, you got an A on a test, you passed the test, you passed your driver's license, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think of forgiving as two words, for and giving. And the question I ask is, what am I for giving? And if I am giving resentment, um, 
feeling badly about how something happened in the past, or I should have done this, or he should have done that, or she should have done could that, is. or why is this <laughs> yeah. happening to me? I am giving myself that mm-hmm. anxiety, that worry, that discontent in the present moment. And I'm a believer. I'm not a physician. And I just actually spent this past Sunday at the UN celebrating International Day of Happiness. Wow, A neat. number of physicians spoke. And something that I've had the sense of for decades is stress impacts our immune system. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. does. You know, well, we I have hate a, to interrupt. We have, a caller. Yeah. we have a caller on the line. We've got Leilani from Washington. So, Leilani, are you there? Yes, I am. Aloha, yeah. ladies. Hello. Hi. 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 Did you have a question for Susan or something you wanted to share with us? Yeah, um, kind of twofold. How do we as women, and uh, we're talking about self-esteem, how do we stop beating up on each other? Uh, yeah, so true. You know, because um, it, it seems to be something that happens even as a young age. I have four daughters, and, mm-hmm. you know, Becky was talking about journaling and, and each, into each other's journal. One of the things that I used to do with my girls was to make them think about five positive things that they did today, no matter how small or how big it was. Right. But I find that I'm a breast cancer survivor, and I find that as a breast cancer survivor and as a woman, we sometimes be, you're talking about forgiveness and forgiving ourselves, but how do we as women stop doing that, not only to ourselves, but to each other? Such yeah. a good question. Great That's question. Great Susan, question. Do, you have, do you have a, a comment on that? Yeah. I, you know, the starting place is to notice, is to wake up to when we are making a judgment, when mm-hmm. we are criticizing ourselves or criticizing someone else. So you know, as soon as I notice, and I get a certain feeling, a certain sensation in my body, sometimes I'll call it righteousness, uh, you know, I know better, and or I'm better than you, or that was a stupid thing that you did. But when, as soon as I notice that I'm being critical, first I acknowledge myself for noticing, and then I'll ask myself something like, "What do I appreciate about this person?" Mm-hmm. Or I might one, say yeah. to myself, "I choose to be present and appreciate the moment." Right. Uh, the first part of it is to wake up to noticing that we're doing that. You know, there's a, there's an Apache morning prayer that ends with the sentence, today is a good day to die. I don't mm-hmm. take it necessarily to mean a physical death, but, you know, when we, when we think that this might be the last time I'm in this place, you know, sometimes we're, when we're on vacation and we're leaving a particular place, we take snapshots in our mind. So if we can remember that this may be my last moment, not as a way to get fearful about it, but what would I want to say to that person? Yeah. And I think, you know, Becky's idea, Becky's husband's idea of writing things to one another, I also have gone around the dinner table with my family at times that, you know, regularly, let's go around and say what we appreciate about one another. I've done that in corporate settings in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. So the starting point is noticing and then making up a new thought. 
That's Becky, excellent. that reminds me of that exercise we did at uh, Dave Ellis's Falling Awake yeah. um, when we said, I like you because I like you because, you know, and we went through this repetitive exercise of telling a person that we knew very well how much we appreciated about them and really talk. And we, nobody has a dry eye in this <laughs> Yeah. When this happens, so I mean, it's an amazing you know, exercise. We're looking at, right into each other's eyes. We're holding yeah. hands and saying, "I like you because," and right. we have to do it for like a minute each. It's like, oh, it was really awkward and uncomfortable at first, but you know what? When we were done, we both felt so uplifted yeah. and encouraged, and it was a really beautiful exercise. It's a powerful you know, we all, one. We only have a few minutes before we have to close. And so, Leilani, thank you so much for calling in with your question. Um, and we'll be back again next Wednesday or next Friday so you can call again. Um, but we have just a couple minutes. So I would really love to um, ask Susan if she would tell us about the upcoming Reinvention Success Stories program that you will be the co-host of. Can you tell us that pretty quickly? <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about it. Along with my co-host, Rick Hansen, we've created Reinvention Success Stories, and they're Reinvention Stories. And you know, what's been so interesting, because we've been pre-recording them, is so often a uh, medical diagnosis will lead to a reinvention. We've had guests who, we've had one particular guest who, as a result of, and it was a breast cancer uh, it was a breast cancer diagnosis, really took the time to reexamine her life mm -hmm. yep. and went back to doing something that she loved doing as a child. Mm -hmm. It brought her back to her art, which she had had what would be considered a much more serious career mm -hmm. before that. So yeah. it was this, what appeared, because this was many, many years ago, as a terminal diagnosis, yeah, it was terminal for the type of life she had lived before, and it's now <laughs> what she loves and supporting others. Yeah, I love you know, Sharon it. and I can totally relate because that's how we started Breast Friends. It took both of us getting a cancer diagnosis, and you know, it'd been a few years, but four, it was four years after my first diagnosis that we just kind of said, you know what? <laughs> We were both selling Yellow Page advertising at the time, and we decided that we needed to do something better and more significant with our lives, and it led to Breast Friends. So that's what we're doing now. Well, we're excited about that show. When is it going to launch? It's going to launch at the beginning of April, and it's called okay. ReinventionSuccessStories.com. Excellent. Perfect. 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 So tell us about your new book, and we only have uh, probably 60 seconds, so give us a little okay. bit on your new book and where we can buy it. Okay. It's called The Wholehearted Life, and you can buy it at Amazon, and I encourage you to go to your local bookstores and ask them to order it so you can support your local bookstores. Uh, it's 52 weeks. Every, every week is another focus from uh -huh. Pray and Meditate to use the good dishes, be the world's greatest lover, <laughs> take a new path. And it, this is an updated version of the book, Choose Peace and Happiness, that I had used with the Breast Health Group at Mount Sinai Medical Center. Excellent. So Wonderful. there are things that address the body, mind, and spirit in building your self-esteem, living greater peace and happiness, and really leading with your heart. That's beautiful. I just real quick, when you said use the good china, I, I, my mom gave me her her mother's set of glasses, 
And I remember bringing them home and washing them. And my husband said, what are you doing? I said, well, these are going to be, you know, they're special. He goes, yeah, but you shouldn't use them. I said, but today's special. I've survived cancer yes. three times. It's special. So with that, we actually have to close now. But we do want to thank you, Susan, so much for joining us. And for the people who are listening, thank you again. And we'll be back next Friday. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.